Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everyone, to another incredible, exciting, stupendous, scrum diddlyumptious episode of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Matt Hinshaw, out here in Arizona, Prescott in particular, and with me as always, my good buddy, my raging alcoholic friend. Okay, fine. He's probably not raging, and he's probably not an alcoholic either because he doesn't go to meetings. I think he's just a drunk, like all of us. Mysterious Mike. Well, uh, okay. I'm going to take that intro, I guess. That's all right. I know. That was not my best one. That one was pretty shitty. Yeah, that wasn't the best. Well, we can start over again. No, no. No, it's fine. We will continue on. We will push through. We will persevere. Yes. Are you sure? Because we can start over. I I just was trying to figure something out off the top of my head, and that didn't work. It really didn't work at all. No, no. No, no. Let's go. Let's just... Let's tear it up. All right, fine, Mike. Wherever I go, the wind follows, and the wind smells like rain. That is a quote from this week's movie, an animated flick that we were promising everyone we were going to review last week. But, you know, Christmas, we had to do Die Hard. I mean, that's a that's like a law, right, Mike? Yes, yes, it is. Uh, in fact, there's actually a screening of Die Hard coming up at one of the movie theaters that I may or may not go to just for Christmas. I think you'll probably be there for sure. Yep. Yeah, you know, depends on, on, on what's going on, you know? Well, come on, you're off. You, you don't have to work. You have nothing but free time. You can run around, see all kinds of movies, drink all kinds of booze, go to, I don't know, the ocean, whatever. Yeah, I mean, but it's a little cold, you know, here in uh, Intercourse. It's, you know, it's 40. I mean, it's not as cold as it is there in Prescott. Dude, today has been really freaking cold. It's been really cold. There's no snow, but it's cold. Oh, hey, um, uh, not to get too much off topic, but uh, our hometown got snow. What? Yeah, they haven't gotten snow in a long time, and they got snow. And my mom was talking to me a little bit about it. The uh, new puppy was running around in the snow, and he loves it. Your mom got a new puppy? Yeah, I thought I told you she got a second dog. No, no. I I, I didn't know. Oh, yeah, it was uh, kind of, I guess you would say, a Christmas present from my dad. He got her a, he's a Black Lab um, Dachshund mix. That's an interesting mix, but okay, he's a little bit smaller, I guess. Yeah, he's about 30 pounds, oh, and, okay. and he's about two and a half years old, and he is a puppy. He likes to play and run around and have fun, and he's a really kind of kind of neat, fun, cool dog. Oh, okay. So is he, he's pretty potty trained and all that, so he's like a puppy like mentality, but he's he's a little bit more grown up as far as training and stuff. Yeah, he's on the edge of becoming an adult dog and a puppy. So yeah, like like a teenager, adolescent dog. Yeah, there you go. He still likes to get in trouble and have fun and run around. So speaking yeah. of animals, uh, the movie that we are talking about today that we meant to talk about last week 
is Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. See, I that was a good segue, except for a spider isn't an animal. But hey, whatever. Yeah, no, well, you could have gotten uh, Spider-Pig's in it, so uh, there's an animal. And it's not Spider-Pig. Spider-Pig is in The Simpsons. It is Spider-Ham. Also oh, known, my bad, my bad. Also known as Peter Porker. Okay, yes, Peter Porker. It just sounds dirty, dude. It it's just awesome. sounds dirty. I love saying Peter Porker. That's okay. What, that's what I got uh, Andrew for Christmas was a Peter Porker uh, t-shirt. Nice. Very cool. I was kind of depressed because when we got out of the movie seeing it for my second time, um, I asked him who his favorite character was, and he said, Miles Morales. And I'm like, ah, oh, crap. He's going to hate his Christmas present. Oh, well. Oh, well. I mean, eh, it's still cool. Yeah, he still liked it. And then I got him a uh, Spider-Man uh, action figure as well, and he liked that as well. So, anywho. Okay. All right, Mike. Well, why don't you go ahead and give us the rundown on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? All right. So, it's uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It is an animated feature, and it is directed by Bob Preschetti, Peter Ramsey, and Rodney Rothman. Uh, the writers are for screenplay are Phil Lord, Rodney Rothman, and it's starring uh, Shamik Moore, uh, Jake Johnson, Haley Steinfeld, Mahershal Ali, um, Zoe Kravitz, uh, Nick Nicholas Cage is uh, in this as uh, somewhat of a minor character, but uh, it was I could definitely tell that it was him. I know he's a huge comic book fan, so that was like a dream come true, I think, for him. Dude, he was freaking awesome as Spider-Man Noir. I don't care. Spider-Man Noir is like one of my favorites from the Spider-Verse in the comic book world. But uh, yeah, no, the dream come true for Nick Cage, as terrible as it was, was uh, Ghost Rider. Uh, Ghost Rider is Nick Cage's favorite comic book character like ever. He, he loves Ghost Rider. He even has a Ghost Rider tattoo. Wow. Okay. Well... Um, and then the, uh, summary of this movie is, uh, teen Miles Morales becomes Spider-Man of his reality, crossing his path with five counterparts from other dimensions to stop a threat from all realities or for all realities. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. It's all good, man. So, uh, Matt, you saw this movie twice. Yes. Twice people. I did. So, 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 uh. What do you think about it? Do you know what's even crazier, too? Is my uh, nephew, Michael, I think has seen it at least three or four times, if not more now. Three Be- or four times? Yes, because wow. he, he went once with An- uh, his younger brother, Andrew, and then I took uh, Michael and Andrew. We gave him the option to see either Bumblebee or Spider-Man, because they both started at the same time, and he said he wanted to see Spider-Man, so he they both saw it their second time then and i saw it my second time then and then he i believe went with his girlfriend and then i think my mom said they went but i couldn't place when they would have gone but she claimed she saw it so i don't know whatever well wow so but yes i uh being a huge comic book nerd especially the marvel universe um for me this movie is a true comic book come to life on the screen this is the best adaptation i have ever seen it feels like a comic book the drawings have textures the individual characters look completely different from one another in one way shape or another they're just it's 
it's phenomenal. It's a comic book come to life. They're how they shot it, how they have panels that fold like a comic book, how they have balloons that pop up. How uh, it's just they knocked this one out of the park, man. I freaking love this, and I really hope that this leads to a whole world of really well done, thought out, great story superhero animations. I don't care if it's DC or Marvel or image or whatever. I hope this leads to a whole nother level of animated superhero comic style movies. I think that would just be phenomenal. Now I'm not saying we need a million of them, but like one or two a year, really good ones would be so much fun. Yeah. But I don't know if Hollywood understands not having a million of them. They're probably going to release like, 10 of them and then like if if one of them fails they'll be like ah we can't do this anymore but the quality if they do that goes down dramatically and that's one reason why this is so successful because the art style the voice acting i mean look at the cast you know i mean oscar isaacs has a small role in it chris pine has a small role in it jake johnson Haley steinfeld i mean these are all a-list freaking actors yeah, no, no, it's 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 a lot of great actors. Um, it's a well done story. Uh, the animation, like I don't know exactly how they did it, but it was definitely a different style, and like stuff was like blurry on the outside of like the center of the 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 picture and stuff. It was it was a neat it was a neat uh, uh way of doing it. I thought so. It looked really cool, and then they even had like I don't know little like texturing on some of the things that was just kind of present throughout. I don't even know how to explain it. Kind of almost like stipple stuff. Oh yeah. Well, that's what I noticed that. Oh yeah. Well, that's what I was alluding to earlier is that that's what makes it look so much like a comic book is that each individual character backgrounds, uh, set pieces, whatever, they all have a different texture to them. Some of them have cross hatching. Some of them have vertical lines. Some of them do have stippling. It's a lot of very true to life, um, stylized drawing and painting ways that are prevalent in this film. And I, I listened to a little bit. I should have researched it more on how they did this, but I do know uh, some of it, if not a large majority of it, was hand-drawn. It's not all 100% computer animation. There is a lot of computer animation, but there's a lot of hand-drawn as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, That, that that's cool. Um, it I You know, I wouldn't be able to tell. Like, I wasn't sure, so I, I wasn't going to say anything about that. But I imagine that uh, this just took an army of uh, animators, I bet, to create because there's so m- so many uh, characters and different things. And it was, it was a uh, very visually uh, satisfying movie. It was cool. Well, and that's the other thing too is a lot of, I don't know how many um, superhero uh, cartoons you've watched before this that are 100% hand-drawn. They are immersive worlds, but they're not big worlds like this. Like, the set pieces in this really feel like New York. Granted, I've never been there, but other movies based in New York, like the original Sam Raimi's Spider-Man and stuff like that, yeah. it really feels a lot like that. It really does in this you know universe because how they drew it and how big and vast these sets are, and it's it's <laughs> yeah. phenomenal. It really yeah, is. I like I like the the PD NY instead of NYPD. Well, and that's that. <laughs> I mean, now we're going to, we can really slide down the rabbit hole on that. 
There's oh, Easter right. eggs freaking galore in this movie. Galore. Everywhere. There are some super deep cut Easter eggs, too. I mean, really deep cuts. But, um, so... Yeah, yeah. Did, did, did you... Uh, uh, speaking of that, I'm sure uh, everyone, as you should well know by now, you need to stay to the end of this movie it for is, the credits when you see right. it. Just right. saying. There, it is a Marvel movie, even though it's a Sony Marvel movie. It still has a mid credit scene and it has an end credit scene. So make sure and stay all the way to the end. It's fun. It actually, I have a theory on that and we'll get into that in the spoilers. But for those of you who um, do not read comic books, do not research Spider-Man, do not pay attention that well, um, Miles Morales is from an alternate universe um, in the comic book world. Our Earth, the Earth we all live on, reside on, is known as Earth 616. Miles Morales is from the Ultimate Universe Earth. I don't remember the exact number. I really didn't care much. But it kind of started with the Ultimate Universe with Miles Morales, and he was the Spider-Man there. And then that morphed into this uh, Spider-Verse um, thing that came about in the early two- 2010, I think, twenty. 20- I don't remember exactly when Spider-Verse came out. 2014, maybe? I think it was maybe 2014. And Spider-Verse opened up all these different universes with all these different Spider-Men and just blew the door wide open. And so all these different universes have different things. And you can see all kinds of fun Easter eggs in the background. Like, you know, they have a billboard for Coke, but it's not really Coke. It's a Never brand. But here's one that I think... You super nerds, especially movie nerds, will love. And I bet you, you probably missed it, Mike. And it's in there about three or four times. In the background of Times Square, there's a giant movie poster. And it's a sequel for Shaun of the Dead. I, I did see some stuff in the in there that I was like, that looks like... like I think it was real quick and I was trying to place it. But uh, Shaun of the Dead? Okay. I, I think I... Almost caught it because they did show it a few times, but it's it's it is pretty quick, and uh, I didn't see it twice. If I saw it twice, I would have looked there. Now, why? How you can tell it's a sequel? I don't remember the name, but how you can tell it's a sequel on the poster of it? It has um Sean with his red tie and all that, you know, and his name tag and all that stuff. But um, the other character um, played by uh, Nick Frost is already a zombie. In the post, uh, in the post. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That makes a lot of sense because in so, the movie, he's like kind of his pet who's out in the shed, right? And they play video games, even though he could try and eat him. Like right. he just has to keep him away. <laughs> and so that's that's one of the Easter eggs, and there's stuff like this all over in this movie that are just fun little shout outs to you know, like uh, you know, another one is there's uh, they go kind of like to the spider cave. And there's all these Spider-Man suits in there. And every single one of those are legitimate suits that are referenced either in the video games or uh, the comic books. And there's one that's even a crazy super deep cut when um, it literally appeared in, I think, like one comic book a long time ago when uh, Spider-Man actually wore the a suit from Carnage or something. And it's an all red spider suit. And it literally has only ever been seen like once. And that wow. was in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, the creators of this movie love Spider-Man, and they, they put their heart and soul into it. And it, it showed. It's awesome. 
Oh yeah, it shows big time, big time. And I have to say, um, you know, for those of you who haven't seen the trailer, I'm sure all of you have seen it now. They're playing it everywhere. But there is a plethora of Spider-Men in here. There's Spider-Gwen, Spider-Ham, Spider-Man Noir, uh, the believe it or not, the the old crotchety Spider-Man that's uh, played by Jake Johnson is actually the Spider-Man from Sam Raimi's movies. That is a uh, Spider-Man from Six One Six. Um. Oh, okay. All these Spider-Man from different universes are just really cool, really fun. They're pulled straight from the comic books. Um, Spider Gwen became a huge hit. She's actually Spider Woman, but she's Spider Gwen because she's Gwen Stacy. She is a huge hit and continues to have her own book to this day. Rumors are the sequel to this will probably be a Spider-Gwen Miles Morales movie because she's just such a big hit because she's so unique. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. No, this this um this definitely did feel like a comic book and it was fun like a comic book, but it was there was a little bit of seriousness in it. Of course there should be because that was part of the story and stuff, but um yeah this was this was just a good entertaining fun movie uh very surprising that sony did this uh i'm 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 i I guess there's hope for spider-man at sony well what's interesting is if you think about it you know venom sure venom was not the world's best movie i enjoyed it i thought it was fun i thought it was entertaining but it's not on the level of the marvel cinematic universe but venom did extremely well worldwide extremely well it yeah. actually has done better than most of the uh, DC movies. And so Sony is for sure going to be making a Venom sequel. And so this is now two Sony Spider, kind of Sony Spider World movies. So clearly this is like the start of a franchise. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah, and they were involved with Spider-Man Homecoming, right? Like, it was like a Marvel and Sony, because it was kind of like... They're involved, but for the most part, Marvel is the one running the show, and Sony is just collecting the money. Not all of it, but a portion. Yeah, like, maybe Sony was, like, distributing the movie for some reason. I'm not sure why. That's pretty lucrative if if you have a movie that's going to do well. Yeah, it's something like that. I don't know the exact specifics, but one thing that people are afraid of, especially with uh, Into the Spider-Verse and um, Venom doing so well, is that when the, I think it's a two or three movie deal that Marvel Cinematic Universe cut with Sony to have Spider-Man back in their their universe, when that comes to a close, they're afraid that Sony might not renew it because they might want to have their own, you know, Spider-Man uh, show up in Venom and things like that and Marvel is trying to distance themselves from Venom and from Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and all that stuff MCU is sorry not Marvel it is Marvel oh right 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 yeah okay because MCU uh, the guy that runs it uh, was it Kevin Feige he wants 100% yeah. com- 100% complete control over the different properties, be it a movie show, movie, uh, TV show, whatever. He wants to control the thing a hundred percent. So it all melts together in the MCU and Sony, you know, Sony doesn't want to play ball. I guess is a good way to put it on a lot of it or so they say. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. So who knows? Okay. Who knows what the future has? We'll see. I, I would like to see Spider-Man still be in the MCU. I think he's a major factor, especially in the Avengers. I mean, he's he's a he's a big player in Avengers. And I personally would like to see Venom go into the MCU as well. That would be great. But I don't think we'll ever get that. So, all right, Mike. Uh, you know I can sit here and talk about this shit all day long. I do. I know we need to get into our spoilers. So even though this is a Marvel movie, I'm still going to ask the question because it is not a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. <clears throat> so, Mike, how does Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? So um, this one's not too hard um, for the official relation. I'm going to go with the producer, uh, Avi Arad. He was a producer on Iron Man and actually the Spider-Man from 2002. But that one's not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then there's always Stan Lee, uh, RIP. And then there's also uh, Mahershal Ali, who is in Luke Cage. So there, there's quite a few relations. And this one's not too hard. But, you know. Everybody loves and misses Stanley, And it was actually his birthday uh, on Friday, December 28th. And it was known as uh, Stan Lee Day. And those of us in the comic book world and things posted tributes to Mr. Stanley. I'm sorry I slacked on Facebook. I didn't put one up on our social medias but i should have but yeah it was uh stanley day uh this past friday so rest in peace stanley thank you for creating not just characters but an entire universe for us it's a lot of fun yes yes uh because without this uh hollywood would be completely gone i don't know about gone but it definitely wouldn't uh quite have the same quality or fun factor i guess you would say especially not the you know the comic book world too i mean geez there are some really fascinating and intriguing, intriguing stories that are coming out nowadays definitely not for kids yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well uh i think it it helped uh tap an untapped market for um unique ideas for hollywood because they they were they were running out of ideas with uh, remaking just old movies that people hadn't seen in like 30 years and then uh, the the books and stuff like I, I feel like by tapping into the comic book world they've gotten this rich plethora of of new stories new characters new just stuff to talk about and that has helped them uh, do what they they need to do to be able to make movies again and good movies and all that stuff. And MCU is a very good example, but you know, like there's the DC universe and, and stuff. And I mean, even, even Universal's thinking about having some kind of like weird dark universe with like their old horror characters, like the old Wolfman and the creature from the black lagoon and all that. Well, stuff. But, and that's actually known as the universal monsters. And yes. they tried to bring that world back and it failed miserably because they did it wrong. They did it not how people wanted to see. They did make one film for their Universal Monsters uh, universe 
and it flopped hard and they canceled all the other ones that they were going to make. And oh man, I, I think that it was the mummy. They, they, ah, the mummy the Tom starring Cruise Tom mummy. Cruise, right? Right. And it flopped so hard, they canceled all the other ones. And I think if they would have stuck to, I don't want to say the formula because I mean, there's not really a formula, but like the Brendan Fraser mummy movies, those were really fun, very different, Indiana Jones like, but those were still technically mummy movies. If they would have done. A fun, cool, dark universe like that with that Tom Cruise movie instead of that. I, I still haven't seen it to this day because I've heard it so bad. But if they would have done something more fun like the Brendan Fraser ones, I, I think there would be a, a market for that. I really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Brendan Fraser one was very, very fun. And and maybe if they kept it kind of like, um, I don't know, like... Not to get off too topic, but uh, another movie that we'll be reviewing future is uh, Aquaman, and it's kind of campy, but it's fun. It's cheesy. It's and so was the Mummy. It was kind of cheesy, but it was fun. So yeah. I, I don't know. But so's even this movie, Spider Man in the Universe. It 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 is campy and cheesy at parts, but that's you know it knows what it is. It's not trying to be serious. It's not trying to be dramatic. It's not trying to be the Dark Knight. It's trying to be a comic book movie and they succeed. They do well. Comic books are sometimes cheesy. They're sometimes campy. A lot of oh, shit yeah. is like that. And just accept it. Own it. You know? Yeah. 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 Like bad jokes, but like they know they're bad jokes, not jokes that they thought were going to be funny and they just don't land. Like, you know, so it's just, it's fun. Well, I, I and, don't know. And here's a little tidbit of information on the universal monsters world. The universal monsters universe movies are all very old i mean we're talking you know 20s 30s 40s a lot of the creators such as stan lee and jack kirby and all these guys that created spider-man and captain america and super well not superman maybe a little bit of superman but a lot of these guys that created and women that created and wrote and did all these comic book characters starting out and even to this day always go back to the universal monsters and say how inspired they were by them and how much they loved that universe and they loved those movies yeah yeah so no that's all right matt so anyways uh, to, to, i could to talk not, forever yeah yeah to not run too long well, we did, well, let's, I did let's, screw up a lot of stuff at the beginning, but oh yeah, well. yeah. So to not run too long, Matt, let's let's um, what do you want to talk about? Spoilers a little bit. Like, do you want to say anything, or what do you want to? What do you? I don't talk know. About? I don't know. We could we could talk we could talk a little bit about it. I mean, you know, it, I I think most people have seen this movie or should go see this movie. I highly recommend them. They do. Um, uh, one thing that I was alluding to earlier is that uh, what I would like to see is a sequel, and it felt like they teased it at the end, but in the comic book Spider-Verse, uh, Spider-Man 2099, which is the very end final teaser credit scene, is Spider-Man 2099 travels to the Spider-Man 1967 universe, and they do that classic meme of the Spider-Man pointing at the Spider-Man, but it's 2099 instead of 67 pointing to 67. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was Oscar Isaac that voiced Spider-Man 2099. 
So oh. why would you? Yeah. So why would you pay someone that has that kind of A-list star power to do that small of a cameo unless there's something coming down the line? See what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. No. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Unless, I, I, unless Oscar Isaac said, I want to be in this movie. I don't care. I will do it for free. Unless he did something like that. But I highly doubt it. So that says to me that we are possibly going to get a legit Spider-Verse movie like what was in the comic books. Because Spider-Man 2099 in the comic books is one of the main Spider-Men in the story arc of Spider-Verse. He... Um, I don't know if he's the one that invented it, but he's the one that uses a lot. He has a technology where he can control jumping from universe to universe to universe. And so that's, and you see that at the end, he jumps to the 1967 universe. And so in the comic book, he gets the devices, hands them out to all the different Spider-Man. And that's what they do is they jump from universe to universe to universe trying to hide. Oh, okay. Because the actual Spider-Verse story in the comic book is very dark and screwed up. It's really dark. And so maybe we'll get an adult Spider-Verse movie that's not going to be, you know, what was this, PG-13 or was this PG? I think it's PG-13. I don't think it's PG. So it might possibly be a rated R movie, the next one. Because, I mean, it's, uh, it's PG. Yep, it's only PG. Oh, wow. All right. Cool. PG? Because the, the comic book story is very dark and messed up. For those of you who haven't read it, I won't spoil it, but it, it is. It's jacked up. <laughs> it's well worth a read, but it's screwed up. So I'm hoping that's what we see. But as they've already alluded to and kind of announced, there will probably be a sequel with uh, Spider-Gwen and Miles Morales, which will be fun. That'll be cool. But... I really liked uh, Spider-Man Noir, especially as Nick Cage playing him. That was great. <laughs> yeah. Like, as soon as I heard it, I'm like, that's Nick Cage. Oh, yeah. It was so good. And one of the reasons why I like the Spider-Man Noir character so much is, you know, Spider-Man is pretty hardcore about not killing people. He's not as hardcore as, like, Batman. But Spider-Man Noir blatantly walks around with gun with a gun shooting people. Like, he has no problem killing people. Oh, all right, all right. Which is kind of an interesting take on Spider-Man. So, Mike, did you have a favorite Spider-Man in this movie? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of like the um, the down-and-out Spider-Man. Uh, which one is that one? The one from our universe? Yep, that's, Sp- that's the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 616. I liked that a lot, too. Jake Johnson did a great job with him. Because he's the the 40-year-old Spider-Man that's just, he's so bitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Life has yeah, just wronged bitter. him. Yeah. It reminds me so yeah. much of me. It's, it's, life has wronged him so bad. Yeah. So I, I like that character. I thought he was good. Um, so that, that was fun for me. I mean, this movie was really fun and it was very comic book-like. Even they're like visualizations of the spider sense detecting hey you're like me um i I like that like i like that a lot um uh, yeah especially how they showed it too you know with the lightning bolts and stuff coming off their head that was pretty cool yeah yeah i like that i thought that was cool um 
it, it was goofy at times. It was serious at times. It was it was a comic book. It was exactly what a comic book is. Um, you know, the villain is a bad guy, but you know, you see his backstory and you you feel for him a little bit, but he's still a bad guy. And it it's that stuff's cool. Uh, there's a little bit of mixing of of uh, you know Miles Morales, his um, uncle is involved in some things and and. Yeah, so like that's it's got a lot of cool stuff, cool story stuff. So, um, that I thought that was I thought that was all good. It was it was well done, and it's pretty long for an animated movie too. I think it runs about two hours, which is long for an animated movie. So, props to all the people that made this happen because I'm sure this was. Whew. Oh, it uh, was, it had to have been a challenge, man. It had to have. Yeah, it's a uh, hundred and seventeen minutes, so it's just shy of two hours. To kind of keep us on target time a little bit, what do you give Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse? What is your rating? Now most of the critics are saying this is like the best Spider-Man movie ever. They're giving it perfect scores. I have to say, I'm pretty damn close to that. I give it four and a half. Nice, dude. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I was really impressed by this movie as well. The only reason it I dropped it down a half a reel is because there's little things that uh, kind of bother me throughout. Uh, you're alluding to uh, Kingpin, who is the main villain in it. I, I wasn't a huge fan of how Kingpin was drawn. I mean, he's big, intimidating, but he looks it looks like a floating head in the middle of a black mass and I think they could have done a little bit better with that. Um, but it's just tiny, tiny, tiny little nitpicky kind of things. You know, that's why I only dropped it a half a reel. Or else I probably would have given it a perfect score. Is it the best Spider-Man movie ever? I don't know. I really like Spider uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. The uh, original one and the second one. The third one we won't talk about. That was a hot mess. I really enjoyed those with Tobey Maguire. But... Um, this was just an all-around really fantastic, great movie that if you're into comic books, you're into Spider-Man, or you're into uh, uh, just wanting to have a good time at the theaters, I highly suggest you go see this. If you have kids, take your kids. They'll go freaking bananas over it. They really yeah. will. I yeah, have yeah. not met a kid out of all my coworkers' kids, my nephews, uh, the kids in the theater, I haven't run across a kid that has not liked this movie. They are just going bananas over this. Yeah, yeah. No, this is this is a kid-friendly movie. And, uh, you know, I, I echo you in saying uh, I, I recommend it too. Um, do you want me to give my rating right now? or? Yes, Mike. Go ahead. Let's hear how many reels you give Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. So I'm going to give Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Four reels, because I, I, I really like this movie, and, uh, you know. Four that's... reels? Man, you are a curmudgeon. <laughs> uh, you know, I am who I am. I'm What's... very harsh, but I try, I'm, I, you know, um, I don't know. To, to, to me, I have to love a movie so much to for it to be uh, five reels, so that, that's why there's only so few of them, but... Anyway, if it's a four reel for me, you know, it's a pretty good movie and you should probably watch it. So I would recommend you see this if you can in the theaters. If not, see it when you can see it. But this is this is a good movie. 
Uh, okay, I'll, I'll let it slide. I'll just say this. You are the curmudgeon when it comes to ratings. I am the curmudgeon in real life. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, so, so you see things uh, uh, a lot a lot better. You, you see, uh, you know, the glass is half full, and I see it like half. <laughs> huh, all right. I don't know. But, well, anyways, yeah, I, I you know... Um, this isn't a movie you have to see in the theaters because I don't know. The visuals will probably look good pretty much anywhere. Uh, the sound design was fantastic. Um, it really helped a lot, especially the soundtrack and things. Is it a must-see in the theaters? I would say maybe. You know, if you can't bring your kids or you can't get away to go see it, I think enjoying it at home on a nice big 55-inch plus TV We'll probably give you the same feeling to a degree. I don't know. We'll see when it comes out. Um, I have to say I will probably buy this on Blu-ray. I don't know if I'll buy it the day it comes out, but I'll probably pick it up because I did enjoy it a lot. And I think it's a wonderful example of how a comic book animated film should be done. And so I want it in my collection. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. But, uh, you know, what do you think, Mike? Do you think people must see this in the theaters or do you think it's, uh, you know, you could wait if you can't afford it? Uh, yeah, I think you could wait if you can't afford it. I understand the movies have gotten pretty crazy uh, expensive, especially like 3D and all these different like 4D experiences and Dolby Atmos and I don't know what else. Like the biggest screen, IMAX, Quattro, Supersize, you know, whatever. Um, so I understand, uh, you know. But I would say to see this when you can, because it is a pretty good, uh, a really good comic book movie, if not the best as far as being just like a comic book. That's so. one That's one I did hear, though, from a couple of reviews that I've read and watched on the YouTubes, um, is that if you're going to see a movie in IMAX and pay the extra money and be in this giant you know, screen, that this is a pretty good one to see in IMAX, because... Again, it is animation. A lot of it is computer generated. And so it just looks gorgeous on the giant screen because, you know, it's almost the full IMAX resolution the whole time. Oh, yeah. that Yeah, that's awesome. So it is one that if you can afford it or you want to do it or you have an IMAX, which I don't here in town, it, it is one that is worth seeing an IMAX from what I've read. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I know it's an option out there sometimes for people. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot of weird options because it seems like all the theater chains have come up with their own little, like, premium brand. Uh, what do they call it? Like, 4DX or, I don't know. AMC has a name for theirs. I don't even remember all. It's it's kind of dumb. You get confused. Well, I've only seen, other than the uh, fancy IMAX, like the screen, you know, the whole roof screen IMAX thing. Um, I've only seen uh, one movie in IMAX, and I was actually in college because it was really freaking expensive. And I know it's still expensive today, but the tickets were like 20 or 25 bucks. But I drove from Tempe all the way to basically where my sister lives now. It's actually the theater my sister Frank and I go to like when I'm down there um, to the IMAX there, and I saw um, the Dark Knight in it. Was that the first one? Oh man, uh, no. Uh, Dark Knight was the second one. The second the one. It was one the first was, one. Was 
Uh, what is the first one See, called? I always get those names screwed up. Anyways, the, the very first one of the uh, Dark Knight series, Batman, basically, is the one that I saw at IMAX. And it Batman was at, Begins. That's Batman Begins. Called. There you go. And I saw that at the IMAX, and it was actually a... It was either a birthday present or a Christmas present. I don't remember when it came out uh, from my uh, girlfriend at the time. And, you know, we went to a really nice dinner and drove all the way there. But it was it was an incredible experience. And I haven't been back since, one, because I can't really afford it. And two, I don't have an IMAX nearby. I'd have to go all the way down there to see it. But, you know, yeah, if you have yeah. one, you know, do it. And you can afford it. Go for it. Why not? Yeah, I remember going to watch um, The Dark Knight in IMAX because I knew that um, Christopher Nolan had shot some of the big action scenes in IMAX. So it would be the full uh, screen, and um, it was amazing. It was overwhelming. It was awesome. Now that I think about it, it might have been The Dark Knight because, you know, I don't think they shot anything in Batman Begins in IMAX. Uh, no, that was the first one. That was the one that was kind of, um, kind of came out of nowhere and everybody's like, wow, that was really yeah. good. Yeah. Who made I think, that? <laughs> yeah. I think, it, I think it was the dark Knight that I saw in IMAX. I don't remember. I, I, I don't even know if I'd be able to look it up, but yeah, I think so. I don't know. I just remember I was, I was blown away. It was so amazing. So anyways. Yeah. Oh Yeah. All right, Mike. Well, um, anything else you want to add about uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse other than everybody should go see it now, especially if you <laughs> haven't seen it by now? No, no, no. I, I think you've covered it. Everyone should go see it right now if they haven't seen it by now. Sounds good. All right. So coming up on Thursday, we promised before Christmas that we were going to, going to review a movie that is getting absolutely destroyed by the critics. And that is Welcome to Marwin. So that is one movie we're going to do on Thursday. We are going to do our best to try and keep it to a half hour. It might be a little difficult, but we're going to do a triple feature on Thursday because there's been so many freaking movies that came out and I have seen a lot of them. I know you've seen a lot of them too, Mike. How many, yeah, mo- oh, yeah. how many movies have you seen in the past week and a half? Oh, man, I think I've seen five, five, six movies in the last week and a half. It's insane. I pretty much go to the theater every day. Yep, I, I have been, I have seen, uh, it's either six or seven movies in the past week and a half. Having a few days off for Christmas really helped. Uh, I saw two movies on Christmas Day itself. Um. And speaking of that, uh, that is one of the movies in our triple feature that we are going to discuss. Actually, both of them are. Uh, We're going to discuss Bumblebee as well. And we are also going to discuss Adam McKay's latest political biopic, biopic, I guess you would say. And that is uh, Dick Cheney's uh, story named Vice. Yep. 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 So, Uh, yeah. There are three kind of biggish kind of movies, so we're going to try not to spend too much because they've been out for a little bit, but uh, we definitely want to give you our thoughts and opinions on all three of them. So I think we're going to do them in release order. So we're going to do Bumblebee first, and then we'll do Welcome to Marwin, and then we will close it out with uh, Vice. So that'll be fun. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. 
Should be good. All right, Mike. Well, I think that's it for me. Uh, we've got what's coming up. We, you know, I guess we should probably say uh, welcome to uh, 2019 because it is uh, New Year's Day today. So. Oh, yes. Yes. Welcome to 2019. Uh, Real film nerds will be exploding in the media. So this year. So just get ready, people. Yo, that's a good that's a good one. Not to extend our podcast even freaking more but mike what what is your goal with real film nerds in this next coming year uh i would like to have uh you know a bigger audience um and uh i'm going to try and promote it more uh through the socials and all the various uh networks of friends and family and uh we'll see what we can do and uh i just want to get better at talking about movies and pronouncing things and you know just just work on the overall feel of of the show so nice nice i like it i like it well i i I will echo a lot of that I, i would like our numbers to grow um i don't i'm not trying to be unrealistic but uh you and i have discussed this in private a few times uh, my ultimate goal with this podcast is I would like to get to the point where we get 100 downloads an episode. I would like to get to that point. That would make me very, very happy. Is 2019 that year? I don't know. And I'm not talking 100 downloads an episode in one day. That would be incredible. But like, if we put out an episode on Tuesday, it would be nice to hit 100 downloads by the end of the week. I don't think that's asking too much. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that'd be great. I think but, those are good goals. We're not we're not trying to go crazy. I mean, if if it does go crazy, that'd be great. But uh, you know, we're realistic. So yeah. So I'd like to see that. And then the other one is I'd like to get uh, a little bit more articulate when it comes to reviewing movies themselves. And I'm pretty decent at speaking at this microphone, but I do stumble a lot, especially when I start thinking before the words come out i tend to stumble over stuff so i kind of want to streamline a little bit of that uh so i guess getting better at speaking to our audience will help and uh also maybe trying to stick to our half hour time slot i don't know yeah but yeah that's you're, you're, you're pretty one. terrible at, at it you're terrible at the half hour time i slot. know I'm, I'm really bad it's a pretty big goal on that one i just ramble too much maybe that's one of my problems I don't know. Yeah, you're a rambler. But we do get off topic sometimes. And sometimes it's good off topic because it's all about other movies. And people love to know that our passion about all these different movies. So, well, I don't and know. that's it's one thing that's balance. interesting. That's one thing that's interesting that I have had a few of our listeners come up and tell me that they like when we go kind of off topic at times and dive deeper into the movie, not just what we thought about it, but the trivia and the facts and how it relates to different things and the actors and stuff like that i found that a handful of our listeners have said they really really kind of enjoy that even though it extends the podcast a bit because it's the stuff that they don't know and they would never care to look up and it's just fascinating sometimes yeah yeah no that's that's great that's uh that's good feedback uh so maybe if we could try and still keep it into 30 minutes, but then have some of the, the time for this extra uh, offshoots. So, you know, yeah, yeah, work on our structure, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a good good way. I don't know. We'll see. All right, Mike. Well, uh, 
again, happy new year, everybody. Welcome to 2019. I hope this year is a hell of a lot better for me than it was for my last year. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yes, I'm hoping for a good year as well. So, all right. uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll catch you on our next pod. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie.